0: This is the one with a Mr Big Bad. Scheduled bathroom breaks. A terrible pacore. Sheffield's sickest grime station. And no more Kevin. It's called Arachnids in the UK.
1: Here, Here
2: we go.
0: go. <sighs>
1: Whistle on our epic phrase All
2: through time and all through space Whistle, bean, and
1: angels now
0: Dalek, cyber, zoo, and wow! Counting Sonic's rating apps From the poor to the sublime Eccleston to
1: Whittaker
0: Let's agree it's about time Who
1: back when? Reviewing on you who there is Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes please Rose and Donna Amy Pond
0: Rory, Clara And beyond Join, Join us on this time time to see what other choice could there be But who
1: back, back when?
0: when? Who back when? What up, Podcast Land? Holy Smokeroonies and cheesecakes! Yes, that's right. Welcome to yet another amazing episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Oh, Doc Past, <laughs> Bingo Bongo! That's absolutely correct. I am your humble host today, Leon here. Hello, Podcast Land, and I am joined across the ether with a lot of delays, a handful of technical problems by two of my favourite people in the world. On the left side of my screen, we have Marie. Hello, Marie. Why, hello, Podcast Land. Hello, Leon. Hello. And next to Marie, on the right side of my screen, we have Drew. Hello, Drew.
2: Hello, Leon and Marie. To the right, only directionally, not politically.
0: (laughs) And today, we are talking at you, Podcast Land, about a real doozy. It is Arachnids in the UK. An episode, I think, we've... I don't want to put words in your mouths, but I certainly have been looking forward to smack-talking this episode with you two.
1: (laughs) High level, how do you feel
0: about this episode,
1: Marie? I actually... um thought I would hate it but I kind of I think it was better than I
0: remembered oh my goodness I cannot wait to discuss this with you this is going to be amazing <laughs> prepare to defend yourself Drew how do you feel about this <laughs> I feel
2: like this much the same way Marie does and I'm going to one up her by saying how would you react if I said that at this point in time I wanted to give this a top half rating
1: D- Drew I also want to give it a top half rating Well <laughs> there, there you like, go uh, motion what? carried <laughs> What? <laughs> I am Leon, you've got a lot of work to do <laughs>
2: This
0: is well I look forward to both of you trying to persuade me to join your weird cult um, <laughs> At the moment, Leon, we've got you backed into a corner, and
2: we are both wielding rolled-up newspapers, so you'd better act fast. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, in that case, we need to get into it. But before we do, let's summarize this wonderfully well-written, well-acted, well-produced episode, memorable in all the good ways uh, for Podcast Land. Now you're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> oh, sorry <laughs> about that. Let's be scout, shall we? Let's. Time for us to synopsize, loveify and summarize. So take a view and, and grab a breath and, and break listen down to down this down overview. Here. This free-for-all. We like to cook a chunk of who. To drunk who. soon to be named Team TARDIS arrives in Sheffield with remarkable precision. While Graham heads home to start being haunted by visions of grace and check for cash in the attic, Doc and Ryan are introduced to Yaz's hospitable family, possibly hinting at future character development that no one paid much attention to at the time.
1: Meanwhile, Jack Robertson, an American businessman heavily invested in hotels, golf courses and toxic waste spreading, who's running for the highest US office and definitely not he who shan't be named, is visiting his flag ship Sheffield Acquisition, a giant luxury hotel that's become overrun by gigantic bodyguard snatching spiders.
2: It wouldn't be Doctor Who without a cobwebby coinkydink though. So it transpires Yaz's mum is also the freshly fired hotel manager. Their neighbour was until recently a world-leading spider expert. The unimaginably vast spider infestation neatly fits into a panic room built for no reason. And the spider mum can be spider-done with a standard gun. B-scout over. You are welcome.
0: Ha, 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 <laughs> so, the two of you think that this episode is uh top half of the rating system it's it 's a relatively good episode. Do you
2: want to hear maybe more about why i want to do want to give it a decent rating sure it's it 's connected with the experience unlike any episode so far in this series. We have moments of of skin crawling horror. There are actually some chills to be had in this episode we 've had so far an ice cold a hole a carnivorous bog roll, and a time troll and now there's actually something that might send a kid behind the sofa. Maybe. Mm-hmm. There are horrible, horrible giant spiders. Absolutely horrible.
0: Do you not like spiders? I thought you were going to say, and giant spiders. But yeah,
2: sure. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you did that. Okay, that's fair. And so I kept checking how far into the episode we were because like Marie... I remember this being absolute crap and thought, well, it's got to start soon. But I'm 20 minutes in and this episode's doing the business. And now we're 25 minutes in and this episode is still doing the business. So for me, it, I mean, it truly does fall apart at the end, but it's only in Act 3. Oh, that's interesting. Is that how
1: you feel as well, Marie? I feel like it, it stands up as a good episode apart from when Chris Noth is on screen. Like, <laughs> I just can't okay. cope with his character or his acting but the rest of it I do I do really like it is tense and dramatic and there's little spider cobwebs everywhere and I like I don't know I like it and I like like how the companions and the doctor are interacting in this episode as well I feel like for the first time oh. or maybe not the first time but I feel like they have a bit of chemistry and they I kind of believe their relationship a bit more any particular companion um, do you know what I really like Ryan I think in this episode he has some brilliant comic Ooh. moments okay Agreed. yeah
0: yep
2: yeah, yep yeah. seconded definitely Ryan, Ryan actually has a face that he uses to act with in this episode.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't really react to that myself. the The one thing that I will say in in Ryan's favor is I think Ryan did a really good job, or what's his name again, Tolson Cole, did a really good mm. job of portraying the relationship with Graham or with with that okay. character, with his sort of yeah. for dad slash granddad character. His there, there improper was some re- family Odd yeah. moments. Sorry,
2: his improper family. Set up
0: his non TARDIS fam, <laughs> yeah, interesting. But wait, so it only fell apart in Act Three, according to you two. What? Well, okay, what? okay, okay, okay. I have a question. <laughs> Please, go ahead. You,
2: you, alone of us three, have seen classic Doctor Who episodes with giant spiders.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, a whole planet of them.
2: Exactly. So I assume this doesn't stack up against that for you.
0: Oh, yeah. No, this is utter garbage by comparison. Planet of the Spiders (laughs) is fantastic. I mean, to be clear, Planet of the Spiders is a really important episode as well because it's Pertwee's farewell episode. So it, it, it already has a little bit more gravitas than this does, like, than any episode that doesn't include a doctor having to say farewell does. But Planet of the Spiders... Oh, I have thought about this before, because comparing a New Who episode to a Classic Who serial, there is a certain... like it's, it's almost unfair, because the Classic Who serial has so much more time to build character and develop narrative arcs and everything. But one of the reasons, even if we were to compress Planet of the Spiders into one single episode, one of the reasons why this one is the clear loser for me is that all of the arcs are so rushed or contrived. Ooh. Everything is yeah, absolutely yes. Yeah, yeah yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about the ending. As in, like, what it is about the ending that undid this episode for you two? Because I suspect that is what undid it for me. Already in Act One.
2: Well, that's just me. I think Marie is saying that the ending is passable. It's just that Chris Knopf throughout is the major downside.
0: Oh, sorry. I thought I, apologies, Marie. I thought you agreed with Drew on that one. <gasps> Are you my friend who agrees with me?
1: <laughs> I feel like I need to know what, what exactly I'm agreeing with before. <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> yeah, before you, like you sign a contract.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sure. For you, were there storytelling problems with this episode before the ending? I, I'm assuming that we're all in agreement that the ending is kind of BS. And we which, should probably I put a pin know which, on that and talk about it.
1: Describe which Sorry? part of the ending is BS.
0: We shoot the mother spider. We take literally every single spider there is and put it in the panic room. (laughs) We assume that there's nothing, like no next steps needed. And consequently, we just jump straight to the, hey, we want to continue traveling with you, doc. Oh, wait, hang on. There was The city was fucking infested by giant monster spiders. You just skipped that bit. They lured them all in with the big heavy bead. With Ryan's... No. every single one. There no. was a spider in. There was a spider in Yaz's family's next door neighbor's flat. Did that spider also follow the, <laughs> the grime <laughs> to no. the panic room that should not have been there?
1: That spider's still there because it can't get around the little line of acid or whatever it was that the doctor put there. So they're going to have to go back and deal with that one eventually.
0: Well, that they haven't in this episode, as far as we're aware. So does that mean that that spider? Is going to kill again as soon as someone goes, Well, that next door neighbor hasn't been paying her rent. We might as well (laughs) let this flat to someone else.
1: But you know what? She's with an arachnid expert who has a lab who know how to humanely get rid of spiders. And she also knows that there's a spider in that room. So her lab technicians will go and deal with that. So it's not the doctor's problem anymore. Interesting. Okay.
0: All right. I mean, I get what you're saying. I don't think that that's enough for me, but I get what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. If,
2: If I may chip in with where I think the ending is crap, I could go for a full hour. But one point I would like to hone in on is halfway through the episode jade the so-called spider expert the self-proclaimed spider expert i think is quite important (laughs) like they're super confused and she works in the lab and acting entirely unpredictably but I, i know what to do on the basis that i can look at the spider chaos and say things halfway through they're keeping the spider we're talking about in anna's flat and jade says can't we just send it down the chute we can drive it out through the and the doctor says and set it loose across the city no we need to keep it isolated here and then come the ballroom scene the doctor's plan is to drive the the enormous spider the spider that could destroy buildings could leap over Sheffield's storied skyline in a single bound and destroy literally anything land on cars crush people with a leg whatever her only plan is to shoo it outside in exactly the way she didn't want to do to a different one earlier earlier. There's no other thought. There's like she's completely changed tack. Why is she doing that? Because the writer hasn't finished the script. It's nonsense.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all right that's fair you did really bother me when she was like i've got this um i'm gonna spray it with whatever this liquid is that spiders hate and we can shoe it somewhere it's like that's not that's not catching it that's just moving it what are you gonna do when it's in the new place
2: and and then what happened is chib has had that thought and was like oh crap okay i need this spider to be already immobilized how can i do that i know the absolute lamest thing possible but that no one can argue with is that it's too big and it's just going to die right here even though 10 seconds ago it was sprinting after Ryan and Graham the full length mm-hmm. of the ballroom yeah and then they managed to they managed with their combined old man slash okay one young guy strength to keep it behind some
1: double doors when it's the size of a van it should just crash and through those doors immediately and eat them exactly it just broke through like a porcelain bathtub like if you think wooden doors yeah. are going to keep it a bay like what a joke yeah. I don't think that's, that's the right? same
2: spider. I think the one in the bathtub is actually not the same one as this mega giant that appears oh, So I think yeah, this is another level
0: spider. That's interesting. I was going to ask, yeah. do you think that that is the same spider and that it is still growing? Well, that's the only thing that would make sense. when it crashes through the bathtub, it is much smaller, way smaller. If, Sorry, it's
1: literally growing, if it's literally growing that quickly, that that is the only thing that would make sense why it was able to like run at full pail and then in the last 10 minutes, it's suddenly grown too big for its body.
0: What's what's the whole too big thing? I don't fully understand that. Why can't it breathe? Why, why does it die if it's too big?
1: Cause it's a toxic spider and it's, and it's sort of mutated and it's growing at a different rate and it's maybe its lung capacity didn't grow at the same rate as it's Oh, I see. So it's, it's too heavy. At first I thought she was going to say it's too heavy and it can't climb because it was like halfway up the wall and it couldn't yeah. quite get to the top. But then it seems to be like the breathing thing. Like it's turned into like the spider equivalent of a pug and it just can't breathe. Okay. Th-
0: I think that makes sense. I'm not sure that that is actually <laughs> detailed in the episode. I don't think that anyone in the episode, like I don't think doc ever says you know what i think that its lungs have grown at a different rate to its legs but <laughs> but but fine i uh, i'm willing to buy that explanation no but uh, she says but, that but it's quite, it's some. like struggling to breathe yeah 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 exactly but i i think like naively i was thinking it grows proportionately so every single part of it is always in proportion to every other part of it including its lungs do spiders have lungs i guess so do like they don't have they don't book have, lungs? They don't have gills. Right? So yeah. isn't
2: that frogs. Spiders have book lungs. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Book hot.
2: Book lungs. Well, red lungs. Do you know what that is? That is a great point at which to drop in the book. They've already talked about spiders smell through their feet and all that stuff. We're having a couple of educational nuggets. Talk about the spider book lungs, Jade, the spider expert. You've done nothing but spout on about spiders at every possible opportunity to this point. You're
0: tellingly silent
2: in this moment as if there's a plot hole you're trying to conceal. Maybe do that by means of book lungs and biological terminology.
0: This might sound a little mean, but I buy Jade as more of a Spider expert Than Actor
2: It's <laughs> 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 just the quality Of the acting My goodness She's inhabited the role To the point Where you, you Can't believe She
0: ever went to Drama school
2: That's amazing
0: the You're right I can't believe She ever went to Drama school Like that, that uh, Okay no that, now, now it is actually Getting mean I'm very sorry I, uh, I, I don't know Who played Jade But I'm very sorry I'm sure that a lot Of this is down To direction And possibly also on the production side having to cut stuff and
2: no but you can't give them that because this is the series with the longer episodes 50 minutes instead of 45 and that's how they got us to buy going down from 12 to 10 so they have to take the responsibility on themselves to use those 50 minutes wisely if they could do it in 45 last
0: year okay well in that case yeah sorry jade (laughs) (laughs) can i ask a question about jade who plays her i don't know either (laughs) How long did the character of Jade wait outside of that flat? The character of Jade is there waiting on two occasions and in between they have they make dinner plans. Like, why are you still standing there? What what are you do you not have a job or a life? Like what's going on? Go and do something. Fucking sit in a cafe and solve this problem. Like any normal human being. But there's so much else that's
2: weird and wrong about Jade.
0: Oh, like what? Oh, please, please, please. Go, 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 go. (laughs)
2: Like, (laughs) how the doctor says, do you want me to break in? And Jade's like, okay, I suppose so. And the doctor's like, I've got something that'll sort it. And instead of sort of sidling up to the lock and acting like she's maybe trying to pick it, she just, you know, wields it like, like she's got a frigging lightsaber, points it at the door. And Jade is like, no questions
0: asked. Let's get to work. Yeah, exactly. I I have added in my notes. I'd like to see the cast where Jade goes, what the fuck is that lock picking remote control? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh right oh cool great i guess you're a space person (laughs)
2: yeah
0: and then at another
2: point she actually says out loud i should notify the police
0: and then she just lets
2: the scooby gang just continue
1: where they may see that wouldn't that been a good point for yaz to jump in and be like hey i am the police and show her a badge and then well yaz isn't in that
2: scene unfortunately she's at the hotel with her mum.
1: but yeah it would have been yeah i
0: like that i'd maybe just like transpose that's that's Exchange until later when they are in the same room, and absolutely Yaz should do that. That's absolutely like, hey, bring in the one thing that makes Yaz a really interesting companion. She, her job is to solve problems and mysteries and whatever. Yeah,
2: or maybe just have the doctor say, "I'm with the police. I'm working with them. Uh, I'm I'm like a private detective. I'll I'll take it to her later, and then I don't know. Yaz can
0: have a badge or
2: something. Anything, yeah, yeah. It could be made to work, but wasn't. Yeah, all these points about Jade, it they sort of give the lie to chibber's weird bipolar conception of doctor who which is to make it more realistic and grittier urban and have all these shades of gray and at the same time just operate on saturday morning cartoon logic like never before like it could be scooby-doo at the same time as it's Broadchurch. they you can't have both it seems to be set as if in, in a more realistic vein, as if, as if it's going to be more grounded. And, and then in just many ways, it isn't. Now, I don't know whether that's Chibnall making a concession to an imagined younger audience or whether it's pure incompetence. But the way you've said, Leon, as we go along... Well, we're only four episodes into the run. The way you've said on a number of occasions already, oh, maybe it's the direction, maybe it's the compression and the editing to make it work. And having just seen Legend of the Sea Devils, I'm not sure these guys know how to make a show, really.
0: I agree with you on that, absolutely. Would you guys uh, say there's a difference between this episode which is written solely by Chibbers and the previous episode or the previous episodes that were co-written by Chibbers and any, like, literally anyone else? Are there certain sensibilities maybe that are brought into the fray when someone else is involved that are really missing here?
2: The difficulty with using that argument is that Legend of the Sea Devils was a co-write.
0: Mm, apologies, I didn't realise that. Yeah. And also, yeah spoiler alert for whenever we catch up with that i did i yeah i'm i'm not a fan
2: I mean, even in Rosa, we had the time racist. He shoots the gun at the screen, and then there's a massive jump to they're just running out behind those oil tanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is like, there's a huge jump? Much like there was a huge jump in the most recent episodes. To oh, the sea devil's in a net now. Okay, so they clearly think ah, it's fine. We don't need to be all procedural about this and go from A to B to C to D to E. We just need we just need a moment of adventure here. And it feels like, well, I don't want to get distracted with the with the sea devils thing. <laughs> <But>
0: <laughs> Although you have brought up the sea devils. The, that's not the only thing where it feels super duper like something's been snipped in post-production. To me, anyway, it seems like something, something may have been snipped. And there's like, oh, it's super sunny. No, it's raining. Wait, what? Like, cut to the weather is the exact inverse of what it was before. And I wonder if similar things are happening in this episode. You know, like, there's characters are developing in a certain direction or scenes are developing in a certain direction, but we just snip before they get to the conclusion of it or we jump to the conclusion of it and then we cut immediately to the next scene.
1: Like, like what are you talking about? Give some example. Okay, so let's take uh, the
0: encountering Yaz's family as an example. Th- there are elements of the scenes that are shared between the the TARDIS team, the the fam, and Yaz's family. Uh, Family that are sort of maybe indicative of. You know, the the kind of relationship that you would have with your your family, especially the kind of interaction that you might have with them after, from your point of view, not having seen them for ages. That they aren't super-duper interested in Yaz and whatever. is clear to me, because as far as they're concerned, half an hour has passed. There's, like, very little intimacy from Yaz's point of view towards her family. The kind of scene that you had with Yaz's mum, with Nadia, of like, oh, why are you... Nadia. You're so affectionate. I only saw you this morning. You might reason. Reasonably ha- expect that kind of reaction with all of them
2: but and she's not going to hug Sonia never she's yeah. never going to admit that she well,
0: likes she, her, so. what, she hasn't missed her sister whatsoever she can't stand
2: her that's, she drives her insane yeah, that's crazy
0: to me that's crazy to me that it's crazy to me that someone whom we are supposed to sympathize with over all of this time hasn't learned to maybe reevaluate her views towards her sister if she yeah oh I can't stand my sister because oh, she always wants my room I haven't seen seen my sister for months and months and months all of a sudden she gets to see her sister she should be like you know what i'm gonna have my room i don't care you're my sister yeah. and i haven't seen you for ages and i've really missed you we don't get that you're we right. jump straight that is, to like the normality growth.
2: that is the growth that is absolutely necessary from the ghost monuments exactly to believe in a character that continues and develops
0: exactly so that to me seems like it's a scene that's kind of been i, I mean maybe i'm wrong and it hasn't been snipped but let's imagine that. That Chibbers. Let's use our like, let's strain our imagination and picture a scenario in which Chibbers has written a good script. And in this good script, he must consequently have snipped certain bits to end up with what we got here. And some of those bits are like the character developments of, for example, the ones that are portrayed um, throughout the, or through the interactions between Yaz and her family.
1: I don't agree at all that she has to have a given response to her family that you think is the appropriate response. Like, she can have a different relationship with her dad than she does with her sister than she does with her mom. True, absolutely. I feel like there was so much emotional space taken up with Graham's story that if she'd have powered it on as well, it would have just felt too much. Like, I didn't have a problem at all with that scene. That felt like a real just normal you come home you've missed your family you've been away for months and as soon as you walk in the door bam everything's back to normal like i now live in a foreign country and every time i don't see my family for months on end and when i go back i don't make a big song and dance about it like we just go back to normal like i'm happy to see them but i mean just some people show that in different ways like it doesn't have to be a big emotional that's reunion Th- that's time. totally fair
2: i think that's slightly missing the point though yaz has been through several near-death experiences you and... don't know what
1: villain's done to me drew i forgot about that <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you did catch covid and went
2: out clubbing anyway (laughs) Uh, but but yeah she she has had this conversation though on the boat so it would have been nice to see that picked up okay it isn't necessary perhaps but there would have been a different grounding to it maybe not a better grounding but i don't know
0: The other example is the one that I've already hinted at, but that we've already kind of discounted because at least in a way we might agree is the ending. There are definitely bits of the ending that certainly to me seem like they would have been written by any normal person with a typewriter. Or a, or a keyboard, but they will have been snipped because we didn't see them on screen. By the way, like, no one's addressed this landfill. It's still there. Like, the spiders are gone, <laughs> but like, the landfill is still there. There might still be eggs. We don't, we don't know. We have no idea. Maybe certain spiders don't like grime. Maybe certain spiders are deaf, <laughs> and they don't realise they can't sense vibrations.
2: Like, well, I would say in support of that, these spiders have all been mutating and going off the wall. Sometimes, literally. And... Acting in unexpected ways. So everything that Jade thinks she knows about the spiders, she should show a little humility. She's like, Okay, I know as everybody else now. Exactly. there should be like (laughs) and have contingency plans for these deaf spiders. Yeah. And these spiders that prefer I don't know
0: There should be an Omicron spider that is immune to everything except for like Barry White or something. (laughs) And (laughs) and if you play something super duper rhythmic, then like no, no, Barry White is a bad example because that is pretty rhythmic. It's immune to anything but Enya. And if you play anything with a rhythm, it's just going to go and hide somewhere where it can lay even more eggs that can disrupt the entire ecosystem of the Earth.
1: Anyway, this is my opinion. I'm perfectly happy for all of us to disagree. I just feel like there's, like, this is not an uncommon occurrence in Doctor Who. Like, how many episodes do we come to the end and they were like, there was a hand wave and there was a click and then suddenly it's all everything, the problem's just gone. Or, like, they'll solve, they'll kill, like, the one in front of them, but there's, like, a million somewhere else and they get ignored. And I do feel like this time around, at least That is like we don't know what is it Jade. What Jade's exact role is? Maybe she's not the like ultimate expert, but she comes from a team that has studied these spiders, and there's an indication that they're going to come in and take over. And now the toxic waste has been discovered. Someone's going to do something about it. I just don't feel like I need to see that scene with them all coming over and killing all the spiders. Like I don't know. That just I did I didn't feel like that was missing. I just feel like that's implied that that will happen, and I don't need to see that. That just is a bit boring. Um, See, I don't think that is implied that that will happen. Interesting. I
2: think I think based on Chris Noth's character, uh, Jack Richardson, right? Robertson, I Robertson. Think. Sorry, Jack Robert, Robertson. One of those Jack two. Robertson being a pseudo but not Trump. And he'll be able to wriggle out of anything. And he's got all the lawyers and all the money and all the payoffs and people might never see Jade again. Oh, she was just another victim of the spider pandemic. Whoops, what a shame. <laughs> and no one's going to ever find that toxic way Dump. He's not going to be stopped. He comes back later, as powerful as ever, if not more so. So, I think leaving everything unsaid and implied at the end of this episode is just sort of bleak and hopeless.
1: But actually, no, you're you're absolutely right. Like that is what happens because he literally even says that before he shoots them. He's like, "I'm going to be the hero who like rid the world of these giant spiders." So, yeah, that totally is what happens. But I just mean like I don't think that the Doctor thinks that's what's going to happen. Like they've literally got all these spiders in the um whatever the rooms panic called, the room. panic room. Um yeah. there is a plan to get rid of them and the doctor's not gonna carry that plan through. She's gonna trust someone else to do it. But yeah, in reality, Chris Noth is gonna do what Chris Noth does and just make it, it work for him. Yeah. He'll so, pardon the spiders. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like it's i I don't feel <laughs> like I need to see all of that. That's like an entirely different episode. Like
2: Well hang on, hang on, hang on. Do okay. we because what happens to the spiders in the panic room?
1: Well it depends if if they do uh, off Jade or not, I don't know. I think they well, get if destroyed. Jade, if Jade point, has her way, at some point, w- what happens? They get destroyed.
2: Like because Jade says they deserve a humane. Hang on. Death. Jade says they deserve a humane, natural death. Mm. Now, what does that mean? That,
1: see, though? that was the thing I had more of a problem with because I feel like that's not very in the Doctor's nature she 's there saying, "Oh, this creature is you know this beautiful spider that we c- was gonna gonna die anyway, we couldn't save it, but like it seems weird to then take the rest of the spider the like mutated spiders and just kill them. That would be the point i'd expect her to be like hey i'm going to take all these spiders to this abandoned planet where I drop off all my other unwanted creatures um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but, and the then again every spiders, time <laughs> spiders." It's, but every it's time those... that happens, we complain about that as well.
0: I really want to <laughs> see that planet. It's it's that couple of, uh, you know, the brain minotaurs from uh, Time Heist. The tellers, yeah. And a bajillion spiders who are all really hungry. Like, I really want to see that planet. <laughs> I mean the spiders go into the panic room don't know why this is panic room but fine they go into the panic room they are going to di- be disposed of separately to that right like in the panic room they're just alive so either them dying humanely is or being killed humanely is them suffocating in there because it's airtight or maybe they eat each other wh- whatever well, what it might I be. had in
2: my notes. Do, do they just lock the door and leave them to starve over weeks fighting and eating each other until the largest one has no sib left to devour. Isn't no, they just that grow, and lost... grow and grow and grow
1: and then there's no room left and they're all just squished up against the wall and they can't Well, move. is that... Oh! Is that actually no. what's going to happen? Or would, <laughs> would what we
0: see in the bathroom not happen? Like at, just... at a certain point, don't they just break through the door of the panic room the way that they broke through sewage yeah. and the bathroom? No, the Dude, panic it's like room's a bank like vault. four
1: foot of solid steel. Yeah,
0: yeah. No one's getting closed. through those
1: doors. What
2: happens is the pressure gradually rises until one just pops and then there's just a chain reaction <laughs> of... Pff, pff, like spider paintball
0: all over this. <laughs> <room>. <laughs> uh, that is amazing. <laughs> um,
1: and they definitely won't suffocate because you can live in there for six months with one book, didn't you know? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> with all the oxygen, the food, the games, and the one book. <laughs>
1: that was funny I really liked that That yeah I agree I
0: agree that was really funny
1: (laughs) did anyone else notice in the lab um, Ryan making shadow puppets yeah yeah but not in a positive light
0: which uh, I gauge from across your webcam you did Uh, why
1: why did he do that Because he was bored. He was just, like, playing around. He doesn't care about labs and spiders. He was bored?
0: Is he four? Why
1: was he doing
2: that? There were one too many companions in that scene. (laughs) So he had to be in the background first. I I did like, though, that he was doing a spider, and he was like, I'm bored of this. I'm switching to dog. And
0: you can see him going, (laughs) So Ryan is doing the shadow puppets. Graham is just, like, loitering. doing. He's basically staring at... He's watching paint dry. And I think... <laughs> no, no, scene, he's seeing Grace again. Grace is again. talking
1: to him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grace is like... Oh, oh is she in, in that scene?
0: Oh, in that case, I might take it back. Yeah, I Grace didn't realise it was in that scene.
2: Grace is singing the uh, periodic table song at him. She's going... Oh, 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 nitrogen, oh wait, hydrogen, helium, lithium,
0: beryllium. And she's, okay, for like, a second yeah, okay, there, Grace. I genuinely thought that you guys... <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) remembered a part of this episode that I had misremembered, that I had forgotten, but no. No! Uh, I beg to differ. Ryan is doing shadow puppets because he's poorly written, or he's underwritten, and Graham is doing nothing. He's just looking at a wall, doing nothing. Because he also is underwritten. Because everything else is happening.
2: Yeah, he's on cobweb patrol. Yeah. cobweb patrol <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's what you need to set up to rid the city of the spiders Oh, mm-hmm. it, I mean
0: that is a fair point but no <laughs> <laughs>
2: So can we circle back to Big Mama Spider's suffocation?
0: Yes, please. Yeah, go for it.
2: Because I well, even though he wasn't showing mercy, it was a mercy killing. Like surely the most humane thing is to put a bullet through the spider's head and it's dead in a few seconds rather than it takes however long. It could be seconds, it could be minutes, it could be hours. It's just writhing against the wall. Like you would you would do that in a vet you wouldn't put a <laughs> you wouldn't okay, shoot a dog in the head, but you do put animals down to put them out of their misery. I lost step on a step on
0: a spider yesterday. I just oh, yeah. want to point that out. Aww. Like. Uh, it's the mercy thing. No. Uh, yeah, mercy <laughs> towards me. You don't rescue it and take it outside. Normally, I try to, but in this case, I kind of panicked and I just went, "Oh fucking boom!" Um, don't
1: weapon. take your spiders outside <laughs> because if they're ho- if they're house spiders, they belong in the house, and it might be too cold outside and they might die. So just leave well, them be. Oh, now that you've rides. said
0: that, it turns out I've murdered a lot more spiders than I realised. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe they're well, okay in the summer. <laughs> Actually,
0: yeah, they're not, yeah, they're not in, sure, the, house in the summer. Sure, yeah, that accounts for they half of the spiders I've unintentionally murdered. <laughs>
2: Well, look, whether you're um, valuing this animal's life by species or by size, the fact is it was suffering terribly. And if Chibbers wanted to set up a dichotomy of, oh look, these are the caring people, and this is the uncaring bastard, don't have the uncaring bastard. Perhaps be doing the right thing, but in but the sure, wrong look, way.
1: Well, no, because I actually really liked that scene for that reason. Because oh, it's because it is like it is a like if it was done with the right intention it would have been a mercy killing and you could absolutely see a scenario where the doctor was like okay the the kindest thing to do here is to pull the trigger and I will kill this spider but his intention was malice and you can't just you know imagine going up to someone that was on their deathbed and them being like attacked and robbed or like or killed and like with the intention of someone to cause harm like you don't call that a mercy killing it's it might be a quicker death but there's no scenario where that person is doing a good thing. Like, intention matters, and he just wanted to have a fucking power trip and be the hero. And <laughs> That is true. Like, it wasn't caring at all about this creature. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's Agreed. a stronger point than if they had made one of them do it as a mercy killing, because
0: that's what we expect. But wouldn't it have made sense in that case? And by the way, I have a... Uh, off the top of my head, I, I might have a retro rewrite for that scene, but wouldn't it have made sense to have have frankly, Doc, walk up to the uh, dying or dead spider, put a hand on it, and go. It's not what I. W- it's not how I wanted this to happen, but it is for the best. You know, just to kind of reframe it in a sense. And the bad guy will still remain the bad guy, but the outcome for the spider is still one of mercy, in a sense.
1: But I think they did that in a different way. Like, he literally called it a mercy killing, and she said, there's no mercy in you. Like, they had that. But the spider doesn't gain any comfort. I
2: mean, Eve... Eve, The spider's already dead. Oh, yeah, but in in Leon's Leon's retro rewrite, I think the doctor... That's not my retro rewrite. I have a different retro
0: rewrite for you.
2: In this provisional retro rewrite, (laughs) (laughs) the doctor has a little more time with the spider, and somehow connects with it and makes it understand that, yeah, okay, this guy's a bell end, but this is for the best.
0: Yeah, in that version we have the, you know, spider vision, which is like, I don't know how many eyes a spider has, but we get that many octagonal v- visions of <laughs> Doc and one by one, slowly they kind of flicker out and it's it, it it's obviously accompanied by really dramatic music. Oh, and, um, and so schmaltzy. Yeah. So, so schmaltzy. Exactly. Yeah, we, we would complain,
1: we would complain about that scene about it was being too... That's not the smart. one I was
0: going to say. That's not what I was <laughs> going to say. What I was going to say originally in my retro rewrite was going to be, okay, well, either it loses consciousness because it can't process oxygen or something in, at that size. I, I don't. I still don't really get it.
2: The book lines or, get too thick. You can't read all that oxygen in the limited time <laughs> available.
0: Or because while they're hiding out in the kitchen, Ryan and or Graham find a garlic baguette, and they shove it into the spider's gob just as it's about to chomp down on them. Garlic, we've learned, is a spider repellent. Boom. It collapses. It falls asleep. Doc does a wibbly-wobbly. It falls asleep. And at the <laughs> end of the episode, anyway, to, just to kind of bookend it, Doc to goes, book hey, along I... To, to booklong it. Yeah, you're right. It, we, we get Doc saying, hey, you know what? I did a little wibbly-wobbly scan in the TARDIS before we left. It turns out there are no more spiders left in all of Sheffield, it's the least spider infested city on the entire fucking planet. Yeah. And then we, we just we lost a view, quadrillion. And we get a view of the uh, companions dragging this gigantic snoring spider out of the TARDIS <laughs> onto an alien planet. Yaz goes, Hey, are you sure, Doc? Are you sure uh, she's going to be okay on this planet? And Doc says, Yes, absolutely. The pressure on this planet is lower, so the, or greater maybe, so the oxygen takes up less space. And this spider's <laughs> oh, differently sized lungs, will be able to process the oxygen on this planet. But won't she be lonely? No, because she's about to give birth to a bajillion spider babies who are going to eat the entire planet. Yeah, and they're going to grow
2: forever, and eventually they'll consume the oxygen, and I say eventually, it'll be like three days, and the tellers are going to die, and maybe some (laughs) ood.
0: Post-credit sequence, we have a view of the planet from space. It's just the planet, and then it sprouts eight legs. (laughs)
2: Oh yes, that's vision. done. It's
0: worth done. It. Uh, where's my mic? Oh, it's attached to a tripod. Otherwise, I'd drop it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Except we're not done because
2: I want to return to Marie's thing from five minutes ago, uh-huh. where the, the the counter. What what yours? What you seem to be suggesting is that the doctor prolongs the suffering of this spider, makes an example of it, so she can teach Jack Robertson no. a lesson. Like no, no you can't kill. Him. No. You, no, you can't. Really said intentions important and it's and he's like I I've got the gun I'm not I, feel saying it that. Right now. I know you I, I know you're not but that's sort of the flip side to your argument The the doctor is the, the doctor can't let him shoot her because his intentions are wrong so the spider's just got to go on suffering until this guy has a moral revelation
0: no okay sorry can I just I'm sorry to jump in just to say let him shoot her let him shoot the spider because he's the bad guy and that will establish him as even more of a shitty bad guy than he Already is. But let this be slightly more realistic. She's a gigantic, enormous, ballroom sized spider. His gun fires teeny tiny little bullets. It's like someone throwing an olive at you. It means nothing. Well, yeah. Have yeah, him you shoot know, her. It doesn't worry her, but the garlic bread does. Yes, really?
2: that is good because you, you know earlier in the episode, Kevin shot four bullets from point blank mm. range
0: at, at the, a smaller spider.
2: At a smaller spider. Yeah. Perhaps unless it's the same spider and it's grown massively but either way
0: actually it was a huge bathroom <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> maybe it,
1: maybe it is maybe it is Kevin the same was, spider like, feet tall. that's why he's a bodyguard Wait, it, Marie what was that? it is the same spider and that's why she can't breathe because she's got four bullet holes in her lungs oh, oh yes oh. yes 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 and those bullet holes
0: spill, spell out the name Kevin Kevin <laughs> <laughs> we need that boom in your yeah. face chibbers better episode and that's why
2: chasing ryan and graham the length of the, bo- of the ballroom leaves the spider so out of breath fatally out of breath
1: it's its last and chase she was, ah. and she was running after them asking for help she was like can you come and do some doctoring on me i, th- I hear you've got a doctor in your vicinity i need some bullets yeah, that, removed yes yeah that's what <laughs> in
2: spider language means <laughs> because this spider can now scream apparently
1: (laughs) more spiders scream you're just not um close enough to hear them usually
2: that's true it's only once they grow
1: above a certain i don't know um, they need bigger vocal cords (laughs) yeah my problem with jack robinson robertson whatever his name is is whatever chris north is mr big like that's just his character i don't feel like when he was in sex and the city he wasn't doing much acting possibly and in this (laughs) he was just himself he was just like basically the the same guy (laughs) yeah it's just like oh yeah oh. i'm a big guy who can just like boss people around and be a bit of an asshole, or whatever but he's never had to act frightened before and so when these big giant spiders are running at him and he's <laughs> sat in the corner like oh no get away like i just oh all believability just dropped to the side and i just couldn't take him seriously basically <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, see, I haven't seen Sex in the City, so I don't share that particular problem.
0: Oh, dude, watch Sex in the City; it's so good. Yeah, but don't watch see. the movies, and don't watch the reboot series, whatever it was called. And and then there was that. That's the one. Yeah, whatever it was called. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking him up on IMDb because I do remember seeing him as an ancient Roman at some point. I feel like he's Ooh, done other right. stuff than Mr. Big.
2: Oh, his Hamlet is to die for.
0: Wait, was he yeah. Ham? Wait, was Uh-oh. he Hamlet? <laughs>
2: Pulling your leg? <laughs> oh
0: god, god! All right, fine. Oh,
2: Did you find him acting frightened
0: believable? No, absolutely not in any way. Oh, I found <laughs> I, I don't understand why he is in this episode. Like this is the mm. first time that we've had a Hollywood slash US TV caliber actor on this. I'm not counting the dude who's the superhero in what's it called? The what's it called? The superhero episode with uh, Capaldi. Mysterio? Oh, yeah, Mysterio. what's his face? He's also in Hollywood, but I say in Hollywood for like the biggest air quotes. Um, Dude, we had th- someone
2: from Babylon 5 in an audio adventure.
0: That's audio, that's right. Of Andrew Garfield. Of course. Also you you think I haven't... For- oh yeah, fuck, I forgot about Andrew Garfield. You're absolutely right, Marie. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Aside I mean, from British Andrew Garfield's, and who and Counting Sparrow. audio. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, That was at the um, beginning of her career though. She's yeah, British. Well, she's uh, she's English. That doesn't count. She's okay, English. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Andrew that Garfield's count. English as well. Oh wait, I take it back. Andrew Garfield doesn't count either. Boom, I win. <laughs> the the uh... <laughs> Why didn't the... get
2: him to play the Americans in Doctor Who? <laughs>
0: he can I do accent. Isn't it weird to have a US TV actor who is so incredibly recognizable Not for one me. particular character possibly even to people who haven't seen sex in the city but like, who is an as he doesn't need a, a 70 11th pool house. Does Chris North really need this? Like, why? Why did he do this? I don't get it.
1: I don't know. But I had the same this, thought running through my head. Was what? like, why? Why it's, is he in this? Like, is he he's in not of Doctor, Doctor Who, Who? Doctor Who is a
0: flagship franchise. Goodness sake! Yeah, but this episode is is. I mean, if Chris don't... North is in this episode, well, like, oh, sorry, in this show, wouldn't he be in a?
1: Better episodes. Like when it, they give it, you the script, they don't tell you that it's gonna be a shit episode. They're, they give you the script, though, it's right?
0: He doesn't really. Surely they it. give you the script. Yeah, blame his agent. Yeah. yeah. So in Revolution of the Dollar, he's credited as Robertson in Revolution as well in 2021. Is that yes. just a clip of this episode or is that a no. new scene?
1: Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's in he's, it again. Yeah, he's fully in it. Um, the other thing okay. I really didn't like about this character is he seemed not oh, to understand no. that he was in the UK because he was, like, firing <laughs> people left, right and centre and bringing the guns out. And it's just like, we have, like thank oh no. you <laughs> like yeah, yeah, protection I'm... over here yeah tri- he, he even says like hey, in
0: in my panic room i have seven million weapons in there it's like yeah. wait how is that legal i don't think that you do <laughs> that's a lie <laughs> yeah
2: this is one of yaz's first major failures as a police officer when he says my hotel my rules she should be just like right you're coming to the station for a legal possession of a firearm end yep. of episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> Or why not have the mum say Oh you can't do that my daughter's a policewoman and Yaz is like officer and have a nice
0: call back.
2: Mm. Yaz's mum is tremendously brave. The sang froid on her
0: very froid sang.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I almost wanted to come out in Chibnall's defence before you s- made that point. Which, and I was going to take the angle of it's very simple and very satisfying to have a focal point for one's ire and to imagine that one person alone is responsible for everything that went wrong. But then as we started talking about how scenes were a bit chaotic and didn't really flow and follow through and bits were cut out it made me think that perhaps the whole thing was reminiscent of having been reviewed by a committee and every member of that committee had been appointed by a different committee and every member of those committees had been appointed by an AI which was invented by some guy who's left the BBC (laughs) 10 years ago and they haven't updated the programming for a while it's gone rogue and that's why after being through 400 100 people ill-equipped to be doing the script moderating, this is what they end up with. But then you say something like that, and it's like, oh yeah, there is just basic writing deficiencies. So basic that one person should be able to be like, no, these are characters. I know how human beings act, and this isn't it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whoever wrote this episode, be it Chibber's or some AI, never met a human being.
2: Ah, but it is for the most part all right
1: yeah i mean that's Aww, a bit harsh <laughs> that's really okay, come on, come
0: on. <laughs> i'm sorry that you're absolutely right marie yeah that was that was unnecessarily harsh can we just take a a, a reading at this point have you increased or lowered your rating uh how do you feel i don't marie? think so no a status quo just, yeah Okay, I may have
2: come down a little bit, but there wasn't really anything I wasn't aware of. I did watch it <laughs> twice. And there are lots of good things that we haven't talked about. And you said at the beginning, hey, change my mind. And we were like, oh. But <laughs> there are some human interactions that make sense. I liked all the Graham and uh, Grace stuff. And we ever so lightly touched upon Ryan uh, her. Her at the beginning where he's like oh but Yaz didn't invite us in and then the smile the (gasps) beam that comes across his face when she's like oh you daft get a cast you can come in and that in itself that Yaz is saying that it was nice and then oh his little eyes light up and at that point I thought oh
0: this is the fam Fam famming how about we talk about that because there are a few elements here of maybe there was an initial plan to add a little bit of a story like a just an added profundity to the story between Yaz and Doc. Perhaps there's something between Yaz and Ryan maybe I'm misremembering, but I don't feel like they're being explored in later New Who until the very end, until like the very, very end.
1: Well, that that was really interesting because, uh, yeah, this line, you've, you've jumped ahead quite a little bit, I think, but um, there's a Sorry. line, Yaz's mom says, oh, are you two a couple to Yaz and the Doctor? And the Doctor's like, I don't know, are we? And I was just like, and that was really funny. I, I quite enjoyed that moment. But I was like, oh, wow, like, is this foreshadowing? And are there more of these moments to come that we'd, because I had not remembered that that happened at all. And we've all been really down on this, like Yaz and Doc romance at the end, and it's come too little too late. But what if it was there all along and we just weren't paying attention? I
0: think you're right. I, I think know. there may have been an intention on Chiba's part at the very start to make this happen, and then for whatever reason, mm. it didn't. But maybe of the committees. This was. In- and the AI. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Yes, exactly. Either it's. <laughs> It's sort of production notes from the BBC, or it's, I think we talked about this at the very start, like maybe even in our, oh my goodness, say Jodie Whittaker's The The New Doctor bonus episode, or whatever it was, that there are different people writing every episode. I I realise that we're talking about an episode that's written solely by Cherbis, but there was a sense that different people would be involved in, almost, in brackets, every episode of the series. And consequently, there are not just different voices, but possibly different intentions being injected into it so if someone puts a little you know nudges a character in a particular direction the next writer who wrote their script six or twelve months ago they won't have done so and it, it just doesn't pan yeah, out. Yeah but
2: then it's Chiba's role as showrunner to be like okay we just need a hint we just need a mm. ten second hint to drop somewhere in series twelve.
0: Oh my goodness agreed with you a bajillion
1: percent and it didn't happen. Yeah but, but I do to, like I I do think that this scene i don't think that it's supposed to be genuine i don't think it like this that how i read it at least it's not supposed to be like it's just the start of the romance for them i think that it's really sweet like moment with um yaza's mom she because she does it with the doc and she does it with ryan and she's just doing what mums do which is just oh my daughter like paired off with someone and both of you seem fine even though i don't know anything about you and i thought that was a really like human moment from the mother i can see that but- drew's bursting but i haven't Speak, spoken about a in really long time, <laughs> I, so I want to get I think we're both thinking of the same <laughs> thing.
0: <laughs> and
1: then, but, and then to jump back... <laughs> Forward again to where we started before you jumped us forward, Leon. Like the bit with right in the beginning, again, where he was like super excited. Like I don't think there was any romance intended there either. I think that was a really pure moment of like because the doctor did it as well. Like she was like they were all saying goodbye, and she was waiting by the TARDIS door, and they were kind of like this is the end. And as soon as Yaz was like you want to come for dinner, there was literally not even a pause. It was like definitely like I am. I was waiting for that. I am ready for this. Like I'm not ready for this like family to be broken up just. Yet. Yeah. And I think both Ryan and the doctor there, how they express themselves there was just like pure unadulterated joy. And it was really beautiful to watch. And I don't think at that point there was any like romance intended.
2: I agree with Marie. There's not necessarily a germ of romance in that reaction between Ryan or with the doctor but even though Yaz says we're friends when the mum is like how do you know this woman How? what's going on here and Yaz is like quite indignantly we're friends why would you think that later on well first of all the mum won't let it go she brings it up again and then when Ryan she's, she, looks at, she looks from Yaz to Ryan later on and she's like are you two together and she looks so much more hopeful like ah oh, finally my little girl is settling down with a guy when I've had these suspicions all along because she keeps oh. bringing it up in a way that makes me think she must have a suspicion. She must have a reason to keep harping on about how do you know this this woman? Like,
0: oh, th- it, not at all what I had in mind.
2: And I'm not I I may be reading too much into it, but it's a possible reading of it
0: because I've read it. I think you're
2: right. And maybe just maybe that was Chibnall's first ever super subtle hint.
0: I think there's one more hint in that direction in this episode, which is what I thought you were going to bring up, Drew, and that is at the very end, Yaz says, I want more, more of the universe, more time with you. Mm. You're like the Mm. best person I've ever met. And the way that she says it, it implies that there is more to them. Like, there's, even if it's just a friendship, there's more of a friendship than legitimately after, at this point, what, four episodes? We should be seeing. And that might harken forward to that thing that we never get to see until the very end. I do but feel the- <laughs> like
1: the, the canyons bond with the Doctor incredibly quickly. A lot of the time, I think you you get that after one or two episodes. But yeah, the I really really liked when she's like saying goodbye to her family and she's nipping off to buy the milk. And then there's this moment where she like closes the door and you again you see this like unbridled joy. And she's like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go and travel with the Doctor. And whether that's romantic or not, like I think that's I feel like some of the later episodes are kind of missing that joy they don't the TARDIS family quite often I feel like they don't feel like they're having fun on these adventures and that I don't know that was a really good moment of I want to go and see the universe with you and even though I knew it didn't happen a part of me was like really hoping that at that point they would ditch Ryan and Graham and just go off with Yaz and the doctor (laughs) oh they (laughs) so should have because she was so excited like she was brimming with like I just need to go with you. Like, I just need to see what else is out there. And then Graham obviously has his reasons as well, which are obviously completely separate, but you know, still really meaningful. And then Ryan's just like, yeah, why not? What else have I got to do? It's just like, if if my job were
2: better, I'd stay in Sheffield. But since I haven't got (laughs) anything
0: (laughs) good on the go. Just to make a comparison, how would you feel that this matches up to, for example, something that springs to my mind, Matt Smith being invited to, uh, clara oswald's family's christmas dinner
2: i don't even remember that happening is this in a christmas carol
0: uh no no this is in present day quote unquote present day england london presumably they are outside of the tardis they're probably the tardis has materialized just outside of clara's estate or you know that, that the block of flats where she lives and she's like, "Hey, do you want to do you want to join? Do you want to meet my family?" And Matt Smith is super duper reluctant. He's very reluctant. He's just like, "Oh, do I have to do this? Oh, what do I wear? What do I do?" He's very nervous. Compare that with Jodie Whittaker's doctor, who's just like, "Yes, boom, done. We're doing this. I'm meeting your mum. You know, immediately."
1: Yeah. RT with Yaz, best thing ever. Exactly. I really like it. Um, I just want to say though, jumping back to an hour ago when we were saying (laughs) about like, um, (laughs) yeah, Yaza's response to the family that she'd not seen for months wasn't strong enough. I don't remember ever Clara having a meltdown and be like, "Oh, I've missed you so much," and then being like, "It's only been ten minutes." She never had that response because Mm, she's not she's uh, a hard hearted northerner who doesn't do touchy feely (laughs) stuff. Um, oh, why can't you be oh, the same? Yeah. Uh, much rather <laughs>
2: talk to strangers on public transport than hug their own family. You
1: absolutely. just call the tardis a
0: public transport.
1: Effectively, yeah. <laughs> what it is, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I, I, at this point, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a super-duper fair point, which I had not considered at all, Marie. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah maybe I'm misremembering the, the Christmas Carol. Um, I thought that, and you did say it was at Christmas, Matt Smith definitely does sit down for a meal with a family, and it's, a, it's reluctant, and maybe he warms up a little bit, but you sense that's not what the Doctor's singular nature is about. There's a
1: definite shift. Doctors can yeah. be
2: completely different personalities. I'm well on board for a change.
1: I would like to counter that with the doctor at Amy and Rory's wedding and how much he loved the family and how, like, he was dancing with everyone. He was not reluctant at all. Oh, yes yeah oh yeah that's a I think just, that's an inconsistency something
0: in um, sorry just a bit about Clara's family felt a bit off yeah I think that's an inconsistency in the moth era of it, yeah. he had his fun dance uh podcast land I'm doing it ish uh he had that but he also was like mm, I don't know if I want to meet any of them it feels like there's a lot of pressure if I'm gonna sit down and have a meal with people
2: feels like I' be cheating on Amy's
0: tiny dad doesn't he even <laughs> say I don't do families I do don't do like there's something to that effect
1: yeah probably well you know Mm. they
0: get
2: sadder and gloomier don't they as as Moffat's run goes along and uh, they're older and wearier and they've lost more people and families and they don't want their hearts to be broken again it might all tie in with that yeah let's Mm. have a reset let's have a doctor who likes humans
1: but but do you know what as well like she was really excited to be there but then incredibly awkward as well around them which I thoroughly enjoyed when she's just like I don't know talking about bananas like space alien shit and then being like I'm doing small talk is it working and just I thought that was so precious yeah, a surfer
2: I could get a purple one and sit on it and sit on it <laughs> brilliant <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not just look at it not just be like this is an objet das or whatever
0: <laughs> like... yeah there's a there's a lovely line in there as well where she says shall I go next door to pick up that parcel or or is that not enough time to have your terrible Bakura? yeah like, yep. <laughs> i can't remember what it was i'm, I'm paraphrasing but yeah i mean <laughs> i are waiting yeah. for your terrible Picare. that's the one yes exactly
1: um, <laughs> yeah. it's exactly the way she, she delivered
0: says,
1: the um she also says um because uh, he's got all the like junk around the house and she goes you really like junk are you collecting them like stamps
2: yeah there's the complete disconnection and the, the terrible pecora just reminded me of the woman who fell to earth where ryan goes like oh no all the porn pictures on my phone and the doctor's like not anymore <laughs> just, like, that's not important i have no idea what's important <laughs> Yeah, as Marie said earlier, and I hope I didn't talk over it, but I'll I'll speak for her. Super funny episode. Mm. Oh, I Bye. think that's a
0: misuse of the word super, but uh, sure.
1: Don't you like the line when Jack Watts' face is like, don't you know who I am? Everybody knows who I am. And she's like, oh, you must be Ed Sheeran. Yeah, that was fun. That, that was fun. Absolutely. I don't, I don't think it made the
0: episode for me, but yes, absolutely. I also like the, you can't be president if you follow... By a Yazza's mum.
2: Yeah. Oh, that line annoyed she's... me. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> in any way. And I get that humour relies
1: on incongruity sometimes, but it's like, what? No. What? I just loved how she kept referring to her as Yaz's mum. Yeah. And she kept having to correct me <laughs> and blow No, it's Nadja. Like, no, Yaz's mum. No, I'm sorry, Nadja. And then eventually I can't remember who someone actually used the name but pronounced it wrong and called her Nadia, and she's still like, fucking Nadja, come on, you can do this. I've said my yeah, name like, like that earlier today yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd call back <laughs> didn't hmm, you like, I like Yaz to... and Ryan bonding over when he comes up with the good plan to like put the grime music on and she, and he like oh. calls it really uncool
0: fiddle bum no oh <laughs>
1: well, that was really cute he took the words right out of my mouth <laughs>
0: Did you? <laughs> sorry, did you like the whole grime? Thing? The last episode we had some some pop music in an episode, and in this one mm. we have music that's played by a character. Did you like that? Did you en- enjoy the the inclusion? Really, you're
1: nodding. I did. I thoroughly did. Yes. I did because I feel like I'm it also- gave Ryan some personality it gave him like a bit more depth to his character Be like hey now we know what music Ryan's into like that's really cool and I like seeing him like ribbing Yaz and, and just being like like how are we the same like come from the same school or whatever like you're so uncool and unhip and like i don't know i just yeah. felt like we that spent was really our good... entire
2: lives going to the same school living never more than a block apart and you don't know who these people are who i listen uh, to all uh, the time mm. i I'm, I'm fully on board with giving ryan another characteristic but to have it played out for what seemed like minutes as the spiders troop faithfully passed the whole cast has been paired off <laughs> in different parts of the hotel you get to see them scuttle through this room and you get to see them scuttle through here and Graham says can you believe they, they want to hear this music I'd much rather hear some fiddle bum and Nadja's like it's not fiddle bum it's Nadja <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, I like Stormzy as much as the next is, chap I'm I sorry? think it's that you two are just not cool enough to appreciate the good music that's what it is I <laughs>
0: enjoy Stormzy as much as the next chap but the fact that in a you situation you enjoy it more than
2: this next chap but sure <laughs> <laughs>
0: The, the fact that Ryan is he's really digging this music as though he weren't cornered by gigantic, murderous, carnivorous spiders. Which is, he's is explicitly phobic of.
1: Which, yes, he exactly, could,
0: is very he could similar. Dead
1: any second. He's having his last hurrah. He's like, he might as well go out with a bang and have a party. It's
0: interesting. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> interesting how, I mean that's, that's a valid argument. Absolutely, Marie. He's from, from my point of view, and
2: he's, he's offered a final meal. He's like, nah, I'll just stick with the grime.
0: Yeah, no, nah, I'll just have a plate of live spiders so, so that... <laughs>
2: with some grime. <laughs>
0: It, it, to me, it harkens you know back what, um, to that you know horrible... it, allow um, it, To me, it harkens back to that horrible scene in uh, the Ghost Monument where he goes, oh, hang on, I practiced for this. What, what's the, what's the, Call the game Call of Duty. Called... All of Duty, Dak Nabbit. Why can I never remember? I'm not old, Podcast Land. Call of Memory fails. <laughs> when he... recall of Duty when he go. <laughs> Nice. When all of a sudden, he just disregards all of the tension everything that is pushing him into a corner in that episode in that scene and he just goes "Ah, hey i really like pop culture in my time and (laughs) it's the exact same thing that's happening here it's like no fuck you're being cornered by like either sniper bots by the way you've never seen a robot in your life Or gigantic spiders. You've never seen anything the size of a fucking elephant that wasn't an elephant. Like, it's insane that that you are in this situation,
1: but you love this music. I would argue... (laughs) The the fact that it's happened twice now means that this is just how Ryan responds in a crisis. This is his go-to. I knew you were gonna say that. Damn it! (laughs) Two wrongs making right. (laughs) He's been poorly written twice. so It's in keeping. (laughs) It's the computer game generation. That's all they know. That's how. That's how we respond in a crisis. We pump the music <laughs> loud and we grab the biggest machine gun we can find. Yeah, I'm going to oh. listen to
2: my endorphins. They'll see me out of this life-threatening situation. <laughs> <laughs> you can't deal with s- sniper bots or spider tots.
0: <laughs> uh, sorry, Marie. What was that? That was Marie no, Gang. Was
2: uh, because she didn't oh. like the... T- <laughs>
0: Sorry, that, that came in attention afterwards attention as I was chuckling. Yeah. I'm very yeah. sorry. No,
2: I need to isolate that. Put that after the credits. Huh. Do you know what it's like? It's like when... <laughs> it's the exact same tone Yaz used. When he was like, it's bigger oh, it's on the inside. Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah, wow. Wow. Ha. Huh. Wow. Ha. Huh. Spider-tops. <laughs> Let's let's just put them next to each other. Wow. Wow. We can make a grime track out of it. I was going to say, add a beat to it, make it a grime. (laughs) Oh, shit.
2: And then play it for eight to ten minutes. (laughs) Okay,
0: question. I think the Yes, it must be the last time. When we reviewed Rosa, I remember saying... At the time, it felt very much like it was going to be a season or perhaps an era of Doctor Who that tackled historical cases of injustice, but then somehow it morphed and it became very much a case of, we're going to tackle environmental disasters. I didn't remember this until, or I didn't realize it until I rewatched this episode, but is this the first episode where Chibbers goes, holy moly, the environment, right? But I don't, Definitely
1: I don't think it's it's not holy moly the environment it's holy moly capitalism and Trump oh. and politics as well like there's the toxic waste thing is I don't know I don't think it's as like environmentally focused as it is like this guy is gonna get away with this like oh interesting this guy is super powerful and that's like he's the problem not necessarily the toxic waste the toxic waste is just a like a side effect of letting a man like this be, ha- be as powerful as he is
0: oh that's super interesting I hadn't considered that
1: yeah that's that's true it, it doesn't hit you over
2: the head with it, like in Praxius. Like Plastic yeah. will lead to, I don't know, whatever the hell Praxeus led to. And Orphan 55, if you don't recycle properly, then you're going to turn into a horrible mutant that breathes carbon dioxide. It's not on that level. I, I much prefer it in in this guise where it is very realistic and very topical because we do a crap ton of recycling in this country and not all of it, not all of it gets recycled. Some of it gets burnt. Some of the, the rubbish that we think goes to landfill is just exported to other countries, and they're playing country ping-pong with it, and it's going back and forth across bodies of water, and it's a disgusting situation. And so it is everywhere, and this cutting corners business and shoving it in coal mines, well, you believe that's happening somewhere. It's happening above ground in plenty of places. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Include it.
0: I hadn't considered the, um, the capitalism or anti-capitalist angle, though until you just said that marie to me up until this conversation it was very much like all nah, right okay so landfills they're the problem you know as long as we keep throwing away plastic and mcdonald's wrappers we're gonna have giant spiders that's how it works but yeah maybe maybe i actually you know what that's a that's a super good point that maybe there is an anti-capitalist bent to this did we talk about jack robertson properly is he no
1: we talked about chris North, but
0: <laughs> oh, yeah that's true <laughs> (laughs) jack robertson the character as an emblem of capitalism how does that feed into the argument that you just made marie if capitalism is the antithesis of the doctor is jack robertson the right vehicle is he an effective vehicle for it
1: um i don't know i think so i think he's effectively supposed to be trump and then they throw in the line that says like he's running to beat trump just so that they won't get sued i think because he's too similar otherwise Hmm. oh Um, that's interesting that's what i thought but. i thought it was
2: quite pressing in a way that part because do you remember how for a while there in the 2020 election bloomberg was trying to be the democratic
0: it's true so, yeah he's like i'm
2: gonna out billionaire this guy into the white house
0: <laughs> i mean he had no chance whatsoever
2: <laughs> yeah but he thought he did just like chris knoff jack robertson clearly thinks he does and so this episode was as i say quite showed some foresight in being like don't just oh, take the next Next billionaire who comes along and claims to be better—they're
0: all inappropriate. Mm. That's fascinating. That he's so he's a mock Bloomberg who just happens to be more like Trump than Bloomberg who is or was. Well,
2: I guess that's how it turned out. Obviously, they didn't know Bloomberg was going to do that, but they saw some—they predicted something essentially. They saw that's, a pattern.
1: Yes, like money, money is power, and if you've got enough money, then you can make anything happen.
2: Yeah, and it's not enough to shit on Trump. You've got to change the system to stop the next 20 guys who are exactly like him doing it. Let Elon Musk take over Twitter and then see how many countries he can become president of somehow. (laughs) (laughs) I have been trying to describe... In some recent episode, the whole vast interconnected time vortex, and yeah. it appeared in full here. It did, yes. And not only that, but we got to see it in all its multi-polytubular majesty. But we also <laughs> then got to zoom in through the top of the TARDIS, and we got oh. to, we got flashes of its internal biology or m- machinery or whatever's in there, whatever's in this living, pulsing object.
0: I don't remember the zoom in from the top, but I mean that's. No. Sounds fantastic. And yes, absolutely, the time vortex the, the, the tortoise comes out into sort of a piazza within the time vortex, and there are <laughs> lots of different ways to go, and it just chooses one direction. It, yeah, it's lovely. It's fantastic. It seems very intricate and complex, absolutely.
1: One thing that I really liked, um, I said before already that like I like the relationships between the characters, and I feel like the um, doc and her companions are kind of working together as a team. And there was a couple of times where I think it's usually Yaz who like shouts over and gets the doctor's attention, and immediately she responds. She turns around. she focuses on Yaz she's like what do you need me for and it just was such a stark contrast because in almost every other doctor there's always a scene with like Amy wandering through the forest and she's like blind and there's like angel dust coming out of her eye and she's like doctor doctor I need to talk to you and he's like not now I'm too busy like he's he never ever listens to his companions and they're constantly trying to get his attention and it's always life-threatening um and it was so so nice to see her actually really tuned in to her companions and as soon as they need her she is there for them and that was really lovely.
2: That was a great observation Yeah I agree. You're
0: next, you're next Oh am my next. Okay fine <laughs> so here's, here's the next non sequitur can we get back to Yaz's family? Is it not a little bit odd? I mean, I don't have siblings. I, I'm, I've never been in this situation. But is, it strikes me as a teeny tiny bit odd that Yaz's sister and her mom, I can't remember if possibly also her dad, but certainly her sister slash her mom, go, oh, you've never had friends over, You fucking? <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that not
0: super weird?
2: I mean, when they say never, they're probably exaggerating. They just mean in a while because she's but been. Is he really training to be a who police Who goes officer? there?
0: Who goes there? Your 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 sister meets your friend. Their immediate reaction isn't like, "Hey, are you having sex with my sibling?" No, great, I want you inside me. That like, is that, that seems super. Those weird are to me. not
2: the words Sonya used
0: at all. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> liberally
2: and
1: i use that in the um, in the p- possible context of a you know a good to help muslim household <laughs> i think maybe the fact that she doesn't ever bring friends home makes them think like oh these must be like more than just like regular old school chums like this must be an important relationship cuz she's literally never brought a single person home before so but she brings two you, of she... them
0: home at the same time
1: yeah, maybe they're poly. Yeah, but like, I mean, that's I the automatic assumption. Poly. It's like, hey,
0: you brought two people around. Which one of them... <laughs> we're we're of assuming them. that you're having sex with one or two of them. <laughs> Tell
1: us everything. It's Utterly a left very left. sister thing to do. I can 100% believe that that's what her sister <laughs> would ask her. We talked about this earlier. Like, I remember being like in my early 20s and uh, like as soon as I mentioned like anyone like boy or girl (laughs) like a new friend that my mom hadn't heard of she'd be like oh are you dating I'm like no mom I am allowed to be friends with people and it was just they want to see you paired off like my parents got um together when they were very young my sister and her husband got together when they were very young I was at 25 and single the anomaly and everybody was like desperate to see me paired off and so there was no concept of like like, these are friends of yours until they'd got out of the way that yeah you're definitely not a couple and so i think it's really normal from her mum and her sister and her dad doesn't do it because i think dads don't like, like I mean, some dads mm. do obviously but like yeah, yeah. It, like he does just be like oh your friends are here that's nice and he just treats them as if they're like they're part of the furniture kind of thing and it's the mum and the sister that are more interested in her love life and i think that rings so true to like my experience growing up
0: fully take on board that possibly my lack of experience in this department
1: means that I am wrong in my interpretation of this episode. I I just think I really like the family dynamic. I know you've like had a few problems with it but I like I think it rings really true to me like this is what families growing up in Sheffield how they behave and how they interact. Like, I really like it.
2: And at a broader level, I like that Yaz clearly loves them, clearly Hmm. has problems with them, can't wait to get away and have some more adventures (laughs) far distant from them, but will also love
1: them again when she comes back. Yeah, there's like a massive love-hate thing. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Like, no, hate is really strong, but like, just yeah can't cope being with them and this is no reflection on my family i just want to say because my dad's listening um like this (laughs) idea that you you love them and you want to spend time with them but equally you're like you need your own space and you need to get away and do and like go off and have your own adventures and like just even like and like i don't know if she's even there for 24 hours but like they're settling down for like dinner in the evening and it's like it's too normal it's too much like monotony and she needs already just to get out of there like i think that rings so true for like someone that age who just wants to go off and experience the world
2: you know what else i've made a note of Yaz just lies so casually to her family. Like when her mum says, "Can you come and pick me up?" and she just says to the others, "Yeah, I got to go and take something to mum at work."
1: That that was and, very practiced and I I really really enjoyed that as well cuz it really feels like that's the kind of relationship that they would have and that she's leaned on Yaz in the past for like similar tasks and Yaz knows, "Okay, don't let on to the dad and the sister." I think yeah, that shows that no, their like bond is closer.
2: Yeah, and there's no malice there. That's just just how they get by.
1: Yeah. That's just yes, part it's of living in a complicated family. Exactly. It's just really interesting family dynamics that we don't always get to see. Yeah, this is what we hoped we'd
2: see from Martha's family, and then Reggie Yates never reappeared. <sighs> oh yeah, I forgot about Reggie
0: Yates. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I haven't. I'm still
0: waiting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, any other last points before we jump into ratings?
2: I would just like to repeat what I said right at the beginning of the episode, which is some of the scary moments. I liked that the Doctor opens the wardrobe in Anna's flat and you think that's when something's going to happen and it gives you just enough time as they close the wardrobe to take a breath and then Ryan's looking underneath and the camera pulls back and then suddenly there's just a shape moving and it's big and it doesn't show it all immediately and you're just recovering from the last not quite scared and then it hits you and I thought it was a really good one-two punch. I thought it was really effective.
0: I totally agree with you. There's another scene that is very, very similarly structured and that's where uh, it's Ryan and Graham and Ryan traps a spider... Gigantic child spider underneath a pot or something. Yep. And it's yeah, it's like yeah, we got him, and they they trap him together. We or whatever. need someone
2: to make an athletic move. Ryan, you're our guy. <laughs> Hand-eye coordination, I mean, please. At the ready.
1: Oh yeah, that's Bruce's right. Ryan's yeah. not going to be they... the one, is he, <laughs> to launch <lock> himself <laughs> in well, the pot? <laughs> well, at this point, him. we've
0: already forgotten entirely about any kind of uh, uh, coordination difficulties. But then they turn around, and there are a Thousand spiders crawling up towards them. And it's the same kind of one-two punch of... I mean, even that one spider, when it's on its own, it's scary as balls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, actually, production-wise, well done. BBC and uh, whoever else was involved in this. Everyone, you know, Chipper's team.
2: yes and no, because I was going to add to that by saying I liked Uh the fact that we're in the middle of Ryan and Graham having one of their standard oh, this is where I develop the plot line with my dad scenes. And oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, okay. And then the shift, the sudden shift to, wait, Ryan, we forgot we're in a completely different scene. And you look up, and it's a horror scene, and the spider's <laughs> up there. And all, all that is another great dummy. But then that spider, it didn't look as good as the other spiders. It mm. just looked like a blown-up version with bigger pixels. I didn't like how that big spider looked on the, on the ceiling in the dark at
0: Oh.
2: Oh interesting. Okay.
0: I watched this on a relatively small television set, so to me it looked great. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: <laughs> I also really like that scene because that's literally like what Jim and I will do all the time whenever you're in like a big fancy like room or whatever, you know, when you go around these like houses and occasionally we'll just be like, shit did you remember to look up? And then you look up and then there's like a magnificent like painting on the ceiling or something. Um, I it was okay. of say a
0: giant spider. <laughs>
2: Thousands of silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you look down, and yeah, my arm is covered in tally marks. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we love or hate this? Bing boom, bing boom, hey, la 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 la. Ratings.
1: About an hour ago, Leon posed the question of whether my rating had gone up or down, depending on the conversation. And at that point, mm-hmm. we'd only said negative things. And I was very stubborn, and I was like, no, I won't be dragged down. My rating <laughs> remains the same. And then in the second half of the show, we remembered that we liked it, and we said some positive things, and I got very excited. And now my rating's gone up. <laughs> oh, oh, no. it's like you should have had faith in yourself and been a more elastic. <laughs> <laughs> because i really enjoyed this episode and i don't i don't know why i had it in my head that it was a terrible terrible episode and i was really waiting to watch it and be like and be angry and, be, and want to rip it apart and i don't know whatever but yeah i just really really loved the family dynamics i really loved the fam dynamics as well or team tardis as they're known and i'd also sort of forgotten i know that we talked a lot or i think maybe it was you leon mostly that like really hated this fam idea and she starts calling them a fam and it actually doesn't come in straight away like even now she's like it feels a bit weird like that it is a sort of natural progression and they do com- become more like True, a family yeah. in the end which I had totally forgotten about. And yeah, like every one of them, I feel like had some really important moments. Like obviously we get to see a bit more where Yaz has come from and understand her family dynamics, which is really cool. But then, you know, Graham has all the like really beautiful melancholic scenes with Grace as well. And we don't often see that. We see a lot of like someone's lost someone and then like, for example, Clara lost Danny and then there was a lot of her being angry at the world and and, like going off and kind of being dangerous and wanting to like you know, she she kind of lost, like, didn't care about stuff anymore. And I mean, mean, there there was also like, I'm sure there was also melancholic moments as well. But I don't know, I just felt like it was really sweet um, way of seeing this man dealing with his grief and going back to an empty house. And this speech that he gave to the doctor at the end about like I, i'm gonna have to come to terms with this at some point but i don't want to do it in an empty house like that being sad with her kind of ghost all around me i want to do it with you and like and live life while i'm coming to terms with this it was really lovely and then yeah like i said ryan i'd really enjoyed in this episode i thought he was so much fun like it just yeah i think the character really came to life and like his relationship with graham is incre like improving all the time Drew's doing little spidery hand movements I don't know what that means um, <laughs> it's Ryan's shadow puppetry Yeah, the shadow oh, yeah. it was cute <laughs> but like the, even this like you know it's only one small moment but like saying he'd opened this letter from his dad and said like he was his real family and said no Graham like I he didn't I don't think he went as far to say like you're my real family because that would have been super cheesy and over the top but he just kind of said like he's not my real family like it was a really nice like bonding moment yeah Everyone was lovely and then the final thing that i really loved was right in the end when they are all in the tortoise and they're like flying off into the sunset and they like doc's like hey let's all come and do it together and they all get around the tortoise and they like they pull the lever down at the same time and it just felt like such a kind of bonding moment and i really like believed in them as a crew i think for the first time maybe like properly felt like they were properly bonded together because in the first few episodes it's almost like they're like accidentally traveling with with her none of them really want to be there and they're always trying to get home and this is the turning point where actually now they've all chosen this path they want to be with her she has this really serious talk with them about like it will change you you know you're going to come back as different people which was you know really quite grounding because i don't know if that normally happens but yeah it was really it was just really lovely and so obviously obviously there are problems with the spider storyline and Chris Noth is not the greatest actor on the planet and you know there are problems there are always problems but yeah you know me if something tugs on my heartstrings I do really enjoy it and this one did and so it's not like it's it's obviously not a brilliant episode so I'm not going to go super duper high but I started on 3.5 and I've been having a 3.7 rattling around my brain for a little while oh, so what yeah
0: 3.7 wow 3.7 oh your heart is enormous marie it's, mama wow. it's <laughs> the Holy size molly. of a small van <laughs> <laughs> oh well nicely done drew do you want to go next sure Marie
2: talked about how satire functions in such a way that you don't realise sometimes that you're the butt of the joke. And so maybe I'm just an average white guy watching an average white actor guy, Chris Noth, on the screen and seeing my own apotheosis. But I didn't have any problems with him. I thought he was fine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how... I mean, obviously he was over the top. He, He even washed and dried his hands in in a really weird mannered way. that's true. But I thought that was fine because he's playing a really weird mannered, singular, monomaniacal business retard. I mean, fine. He's a character who stands out. I like the time troll last week. Maybe they're not (laughs) brilliant per se, but they are individuals at least. So I'm going to give him that. I'm also going to give Chris Chibnall a little bit of credit, because I think that it's clever to give your two characters who are going to have to do all the info dumping this week, jobs and characteristics that lend themselves to said info dumping. On the one hand, you've got Jade, the spider scientist. She will have had to explain what her department does many times. Times in seeking funding from all sorts of bodies or the university itself. Like, this is why you've got to keep the department open because we're doing this important spider. Blah, 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 blah. And then Jack Robertson is just an incorrigible braggart. He talks about a globe-spanning chain of incredibly successful hotels. Later you realize there are only 15 of them, and he's talking (laughs) like there's one in every major city in the world. I like that. That was what I I think is another subtle dig. There are plenty of those in this episode, I think in amongst great gaping chasms in how human beings should act, as Leon also said. And I do think you take it too far, Chris Chibnall, when you basically have Chris Noth in the kitchen say, wait, nobody talk until we've all dumped our information for this scene. And then (laughs) the episode just stops. That is where it stopped doing the business for me. It did tail off. It tailed off massively and we've said why. Um, One more thing to Chipper's credit though. I only got his subtle bathroom break pun when Leon included the line in the intro. The bathroom literally breaks. So, nice. And as as Marie said, all Graham's scenes back home, they ring so true. His subconscious via grace in the first scene is spelling out how he's going to have to take care of himself now. He's got to remember how to use appliances and when the recycling goes out and he's got to take care of himself. And his sad face as he half turns towards the camera. It's a thousand light year stare. It's devastating. As If Bradley Walsh hasn't convinced you already, that surely is the moment where you're like, oh, wow. And puts anything John Bishop has done to shame, by the way. And then later on, um, he's sniffing coats and now his subconscious via grace is giving voice to his insecurities being like, well, maybe you can't take care of yourself because look, you're sniffing coats, you maniac. This all seems so plausible and so so acutely observed and then you've got what Marie said about Ryan is talking about uh my dad's not my proper family either because he's responding to Graham being like oh and Graham is treading very carefully and Ryan is sensitive to it and they are connecting but they they can't go so far as to say something clunky that that whole scene avoids clunk it it's great uh but anyway let's get to the denouement it's such a downer it really came to define it for me in my memory. It takes pretty much a full point off. In my notes, Marie, I've written, if this episode were a little tidier and ended well, I think I'd be rating it in the high threes. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) Not that it's particularly deep or clever, but there are lots of nice lived-in observations in amongst the gaping chasms. But because of the stupid, confused nonsense with the panic room and Jade, I just wish they'd left Jade back at the lab, frankly, because <laughs> um, did they need to bring, I, I guess, because she was the no, spider they expert. Not. But but <laughs> there were one too many people in many of those scenes where they're down in the coal mines forever chiding and chastising the guy. And yeah, okay, he's a bad guy, but does everyone need to line up for a pop at him before something else happens? So I'm going to give this 2.5. <gasps> <gasps> That's not an above average rating, Drew. That's a bank smack in the middle rating. Nah, Leon has has infected me.
0: I was was guessing 2.8 for you, Drew. (laughs) (laughs) 2.5. Wow. Holy moly. Okay, well two excellent minis. I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to follow that. Before I jump into mine, I just want to point out the whole bathroom break thing. That was just a bathroom break. As far as I was concerned, I had not considered the bathroom breaking. <laughs> that being said... <laughs> oh, no. Is that the one oh. good thing you've got to say? <gasps> no, no, no. I've got good... I've, got, I mean, I, I've already said a few good things. I'm going to say more good things, I'm sure. I've, actually, you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will start, though, by saying that... <sighs> Of course this was written by Chibbers and nobody else, because this is what appears to happen whenever he has no one else to do the heavy narrative lifting. Doctor Who, I, I, I'm sure will agree, is full of coincidences. So many coincidences, left, right, and center, but there are charming ones, and there are clever ones, and then there are lazy ones, and I'm really sorry, but they all felt very much of the latter variety to me in this one. Now, aside from Yazan family and let's put a pin in them because yeah I I want to talk about them as well but every character is to me flat and rarely entertaining a cliche and the twists and the turns and holy moly the ending they are so unacceptably bad and it's all so poorly scripted that if you had told me that the dialogue was written entirely by Chibbers perpetually hitting the middle button of the WhatsApp autocomplete suggestion thing (laughs) I wouldn't bat an eyelid. That seems super realistic to me. Doc is doing a pretty decent job in this one, if I'm honest. Uh, it's a little hard to tell, though, because she doesn't have that much to work with. But I I don't mind. I didn't mind at all. I, th- I thought she was very entertaining. Even dames Judy and Helen and Sirs David and Derek, would struggle a little if you gave them a complete turd to recite. Actually, I say that, but David Suchet was in the Wing Commander adaptation opposite Freddie Prince Jr. and he was terrific, let me tell you. Okay, I should probably move on to the companions. I enjoyed the dialogues between Ryan and Graham, and between Graham and Grace. Is that a name? The yes. His late partner? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Moving. Heartfelt stuff. Yaz. <laughs> we talked about Yaz uh, a lot in, in this review, so I, I, I'm going to cut this very short. But yeah, Yaz also wasn't bad. It' Very interesting to see that they seem to be hinting at something deeper between her and Doc on a couple of occasions. Um old Trump was just <laughs> shit and miss in my oh, mind. And why is he in it? How on earth I asked this before, how on earth did they get pre-canceled Chris Noth to appear in this crowdfest? Was he such a fan that he didn't Read the script beforehand, and what's the character doing in this to begin with? What the hell was Chibbers trying to accomplish with his Trump references? Roberts is not Trump, but he acts like him. Except he isn't a compulsively lying, racist, sexual assaulter of myriad women.
2: But then he wears a long tie. Also, also, he's so hot for nepotism that he will even spare his niece's wife.
0: Yes, exactly. Ah, uh, and related. The, the police don't even carry guns in this country. You know, was this episode ghostwritten by a sleep-deprived 12-year-old? Anyway, solid production of a terrible script in my mind. Sorry, not sorry. And plenty of truly mediocre acting. But, oh, oh.
1: I'm oh, so sorry. We didn't really,
0: we didn't need uh, Yeah, Chris North and uh, Jade and, and Mr. Big's assistants and the everyone, except maybe Kevin, because, you know, fine, um, Kevin Boy it then there's yaz's fam and there's the introduction to yaz and doc and their romance which i did not remember and i'm very pleased to see it already happening now and for that reason i'm bumping this up to a rating of 1.6 there's a spread yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) i think on the website it'll be like a perfect diagonal (laughs)
2: yeah 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 So I, You reminded me of Kevin's scream as he's pulled into the bath And you just see his his legs limply just toppling into the void mm. that's, that's an image paired with a sound Oh, shiveries oh, <laughs> Gives me the ghiblies.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's arousing <laughs> <laughs> Shall we uh, maybe check what Podcastland thinks of this um, apparently very divisive episode? Let's Listener Minis Now let's hear from Podcastland
2: next to 50 or it would get out of hand.
0: Shazamatron and welcome to the listener mini section of this podcast episode Holy Smokeroonies and Cheesecakes. Do we have a lot of listener minis for your Earballs Delight Podcast Land? And first at the gates, it's Oh it's Kieran Evans. Hello, Kieran. Woo woo. What up, Kieran? Hi Kieran. Kieran starts. Hi, folks. Some alcohol may have been consumed prior to and during the rewatch of this episode. Did it help? Well, let's see. Giant creatures created due to the toxic waste dumping down a coal mine from an uncaring evil corporation. Oh, Chris. You've copied the plot to the Green Death, but just poorly in subbing South Wales for Sheffields. Oh, well. That's so
1: cool. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> and Kieran continues. Oh, they- the doctor actually manages to get the companions back to Earth on the same day they left. That feels novel, and I kind of like Yaz's dad. Don't know why, but Yaz's family definitely had more legs than what was in series eleven and twelve. Nice scenes with Graham and Grace at their house. Oh yeah, ah, uh, it's not
2: Trump who apparently hates him, but is very much like him, and his underling waving a gun around in the UK. Yes, who is a British police officer? Um, yeah, her reaction was no uh-huh. way near appropriate <laughs> enough. No way appropriate at all, Kieran. That bugged Kieran on original transmission and it still does. Robertson is fairly irritating, and not in a good way. Thankfully, they didn't bring him back again in a Christmas special or something.
0: <laughs> Lockdown Palace? Did they know something we didn't? Oh, Annoyingly, I do agree with Robertson's point of view that shooting the giant one is better than letting it suffocate to death. Definitely a quicker death.
2: Here's my evil van's merchant who agrees with me
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it's bad on a very stupid script point of view but kieran can enjoy it at a certain level and he gives us a 2.7 out of five giant spiders who are probably seeking the great crystal all praise to the the great one
0: Oh, nice one, Kieran. A very big heart. Oh, yikes, caramba. Oh, Kieran, thank you very much for your mini. That is some awesome, awesome stuff. Total non sequitur. There's a petrol crisis going on, and I don't know how to move house. Peeps, where can I go to fulfill
1: all of my needs? Well, I think an Evan might be what you're looking for, but do you need what? one or might perchance two be a better number? <laughs> two vans are better than one, so the saying goes. Yeah, it's double the pleasure, maybe
0: well, it's triple the fun. <laughs> <laughs> Why
1: well, in that case, head yourself over to KJ Evans 2.
2: Also, if you think of one van as being big enough to cage a single Evan and you need to cage Evans twice, <laughs> then you can do that with two EVANs.
0: I was just about to ask. <laughs> 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 Thanks, Karen. Thank you very much.
1: Who's
0: next? Why, next up, it's
2: Andy Parkinson.
1: What up, Andy? Hey, Andy. Hiya,
2: Andy. Andy says, hi, gang. <laughs> now, Andy don't generally have a problem with spiders, but big-ass scary mother-humping spiders,
0: definitely. Big-ass spiders aside, there's actually quite a lot to enjoy in this story. The Doctor is developing her character. The companions all get their chance to shine, especially young and her family and graham dealing with his grief
1: chris north is brilliantly trump-esque and the rest of the guest cast provide lots of light-hearted moments the story itself very much reminds andy
2: as indeed kieran of third doctor (laughs) story the green death replacing the
0: maggots with giant spiders oh my goodness it's so true i can't believe i hadn't considered this Uh, uh, absolutely chaps well done andy has provided a list of long The first of which is The Doctor making small talk with Yaz's
1: family And Andy's second and final like The Doctor and McIntyre seriously discussing the spider problems Meanwhile, Ryan is doing shadow puppets on the OHP behind them Oh, it's it's not one of my likes, man (laughs) It was was one of mine, Andy (laughs) Well done, Andy
0: (laughs) Fair enough
2: Perhaps, Leon, you will resonate more with Andy's (laughs) And Andy's single beef is that Kevin draws a gun on Yaz and her mum. Besides the fact this is totally unusual here in the UK, why doesn't Yaz say or do anything as she's an actual police officer?
0: <laughs> a lot of similar points between these two minis. I'm assuming that they will have the exact same rating, right? Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. <laughs> Overall, says Andy, I quite like this story, and while it doesn't do too much that's original, it is scary and creepy. The regulars all do a good job, as do the guest cast. If there's a downside, it's that the conclusion is a bit quick. The mummy spider is dying anyway. Robertson comes in and shoots her and then seems to get away with all his wrongdoings scot-free.
1: And Andy awards this an amazing score of three point nine. Ordering extra vinegar and garlic puree just in case. Out of five. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Excellent. Well done, Andy. Score, Andy, wise course of
2: action, Andy.
0: What if I want to go and say hi to Andy online? Where might I find him?
2: Why you can find him on Twitter at Caffrey's seventy one.
1: That's
0: seventy one. 71. The, n- the number. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> on my side and we I'm... were perfectly in sync early Leon. Not <laughs> <Lord> on <all> mine.
0: Zencast <laughs> will be
1: the judge. Thanks,
0: Andy. Well, thank you, Andy. Who's next? <laughs> what? It's Daniel McGinley. Daniel. Daniel, Daniel McGinley. McGinley. This one is Daniel McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Daniel McGinns with some thoughts. <laughs>
2: Perfect. No. <laughs> Did the hotel get its carpets from a JD Weatherspoons?
0: <laughs> nice. The spiders looked fantastic. Excellent special effects. Graham
2: was a highlight, as always. Yaz and Ryan sucking up to the doctor in the final scene was cringe.
0: Robertson's Lockdown Palace was prescient. Well, maybe not. It only had enough resources for six months, so wouldn't have seen him through the pandemic. Yeah, good point.
1: Graham was right on the grime. Can you believe they're moving towards that music? And the Doctor... Spot on with... (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Maria, I'm sorry. (laughs) And the Doctor was spot on with My Fam. Yes, it doesn't work at all.
2: That's hey. oh, really nice Robertson said he was going to stand for president A case of a Trump parody Trumpeting that he'd be Trumping
0: Trump Oh nice <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> Once again the monster is A uh, white male Definitely no agenda there Can't believe I'm saying this But Tim Shaw is still the best baddie so far The lack of proper alieny monsters Makes this season feel very Unwho-like
1: and moralizing lecture count, two. Season total, seven. Spoiler, if the <gasps> message about dumping rubbish wasn't clear enough for you, don't worry, hang tight. You're in for a treat next series. Oh, <laughs> oh <Maybe> yeah. two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had a count going for um people with a relationship to someone else, didn't they? And then suddenly dying. Does the niece's wife, Frankie, Ooh. she has a significant other. She gets bumped off. Okay, we're up to two there as well. And Daniel concludes, This is an okay episode with no real standout moments. It wasn't offensive either. If it had been in a previous season, it would be one of the lower ranked episodes. But in this 11th season, it's a relative banger. And my second favourite story... <laughs> But oh, still, still only a rating of 2.7 out of 5. Oh, Note V, Kieran. Daniel. <laughs> Faint praise
0: indeed. Amazing stuff, Daniel.
2: Thank you very much. I'm beginning to think that I should have gone with 2.7. Is it too late for me to go up to 2.6?
0: Yeah, if you want to change your mind, go for it. Yeah,
2: you've changed your mind after the fact a couple of times. I'm going to go 2.6. 2.6? 2.
1: Wow. Half, yeah. half. 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 <laughs> you don't want to join the 2.7 gang? Nope. Who's
2: next? Why, next up, it's Pa.
0: That's right. Introduced Hello, last pa.
2: episode as P. L. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, or oh, <pow. laughs> Paul starts. So the main thing I remember about this episode is how I kept feeling like, are they trying to make a Trump character? Especially when he fired someone immediately in like the first two minutes. Jack, the meanest of businessmen, costs a man his life with his scheduled bathroom breaks. R.I.P. Kevin. But also, how did a bodyguard miss all those shots? I learned some ways to keep spiders out. Apparently garlic works on spiders and vampires. Thanks, Doc i googled it it's true is it really yeah it's true apparently spiders don't like garlic yeah
1: Yeah. Mm, interesting
0: maybe they
2: got a real spider expert in and (laughs) they were just like you know why don't you just act out the role like we haven't cast it yet i don't feel like anyone could deliver your lines more naturally
1: (laughs) i feel like you guys have given her too much of a hard time i think she did okay Um, but I would also like to challenge her spidery knowledge Because I was told that all spiders are poisonous But just that their teeth aren't Or oh. venomous, sorry Their teeth aren't sharp enough to penetrate human skin usually So oh. we shouldn't be afraid of little house spiders Oh, really? But if they were as big as a car Then they probably could do some damage actually So then she's like, oh, it's just a house spider Don't worry, it's not poisonous Hop not on venomous. my spider, it's as big as yeah. a whale <laughs> Yes, exactly So I don't think she is a spider expert, actually.
0: Okay, well, you've got me convinced.
1: Anyway, Park continues. Ryan does shadow puppets behind the dock in the spider lab. Jack says he dislikes Trump. The doctor ignores many caution signs and finds a landfill of garbage that causes giant spiders. But how? Yaz's mom is really concerned about Yaz's love life and curious if Yaz is dating Ryan or the doctor. I enjoyed that Ryan and Graham were getting some bonding in right before a spider the size of Aragog from Harry Potter fell from the ceiling. And later, when they needed to lure the spiders, Ryan drops his sick mixtape for the spiders. And Park concludes with Act 3. Big spiders can't breathe.
2: Why? Jack is the only one to do the first rational thing and shoot the giant spider. Also, what happened to the other spiders? Graham's Mm. sad eyes while remembering Grace are pretty dang sad every time they happen. The funniest moments for Pa were when the Doctor thinks Jack may be Ed Sheeran, or when Ryan and Graham tell Jack that maybe the giant spiders are espionage from the Russians. This was an interesting episode, but the plot made no sense, and seemed to have some politicisation in it. Pa gives it a 1.5 out of 5.
0: Rad! Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much.
1: Aww. Leon, wasn't
0: that basically what you gave it? Yeah, for maybe slightly different reasons, but yeah, absolutely. I
1: was going to say, all, all bases have been covered so far in um, Reviewland. Or have they? Because next up, we've got... Tracy, Tracy from, from America! America. <laughs>
0: Hello, Tracy! Hi, Tracy! What up, Tifa! Tracy begins, we open to the Doctor Who theme. Instead of humming along to the bouncy bass, husband from America sings, Chibs socks, chibs socks, chibs socks, chib socks. Not an auspicious beginning. In case that co- didn't come across as I sang it, Chibs socks, Chibs socks. Oh, Not an auspicious beginning. <laughs> Since you like to open
1: with questions, here are a few. Hmm. I don't really remember this. Is this the one where the thing eats them in a hotel? Hmm, back to UK
2: half hour later. Wasn't it early morning when they left the warehouse in a microwave?
0: Oh, well spotted, Tracy. Mm. Well done. Who's doing the continuity error count? (laughs) One. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to get uh, go? I don't know who this is. Do you want me to go get it? Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to go get it while you make your terrible pecora Excellent line. Such a good line. <laughs> Great line.
1: And today's doctor's name drop: Amelia Earhart. Leon. I one? didn't like it. No. No, I didn't no, like no. it. I've now bounced
0: back and forth. This one, it was just so cringy.
2: Yeah. And you got to see Jade react. So clearly, she registers this information. And, again, being a curious, intellectual scientist type doesn't feel the need to ask any further questions about...
0: Yeah, because she assumes the doctor is insane and dumb. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> But I'll, I'll follow her anywhere and not tell the police.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
2: In retrospect, Tracy continues, the line in which the doctor is unclear on whether she may be seeing Yaz is hilarious.
0: Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. <laughs> Tracing continues. Oh, this is why I don't remember the episode from the first time. You can't just drop a bunch of experiments into a hole and marinate it into a mega spider. I'm not sure if this is enough psi or not enough phi, but I feel like it's one of the two. (laughs) That's brilliant. Very well phrased.
1: Excellent. Uh, Okay. What the hell is up with the morality of death in this episode? Doc makes a big deal about killing the spiders. They're living creatures, but she tracks them in a locked up room to die naturally. Then, when Spider-Mom is suffocating, the Doctor becomes upset when she is shot to death, albeit by a rich brat who is trying to be cruel. The problem gets even worse if you add other episodes to it, but I think I'll save that for a later time.
2: You're not referring to a double genocide at the end of Flux and most of the universe, are you, Tracy? Probably not. Let's move on.
1: Good, no idea what you're talking about.
2: Good little speech about time with the Doctor changing you. And Tracy concludes with a rating of Spider-Mom, Spider-Mom, does whatever a Spider-Mom does. Can she swing from a web? No no she can't she is dead <laughs> sad face Ah, oh. graham graham's that's the graham emoji <laughs> oh, no.
0: tracy that's an amazing mini thank you so much <laughs> fantastic reading <laughs> People who are not Tracy from America, please follow and high-five Tracy from America online. She can be found at... Yekhan Yathnof. That's That's Fountain Tracy Tracy backwards. Almost. That was perfectly in sync on my side. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy.
2: Who's next? Never been more appropriate because next up, it's just for who they've written a review just for you.
0: <laughs> Hello, just for who? Excellent branding. Y- yeah. Hello, starts just for who. Here we are at episode four to celebrate our arrival. At this episode, I even wrote us a little jingle, co-produced by Ed Sheeran. <clears throat> Do I have to sing
1: this? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, one hundred percent.
0: Let me lean back and drink some wine at the same time. Oh,
1: god! <laughs> <laughs> the not-so-itsy-bitsy spider smashed through their butter, but it died because a knockoff drum shot it with a gun. Perfect. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs>
2: Thanks. <laughs> From now on, you're singing all the musical interludes. <laughs> Just for who says, I really like this episode. I know it's one of those episodes where people fell off the series a bit. I remember seeing a lot of people dislike it when it first aired. But it definitely does set the standard for the Chibnall era. I mean, it really does tick
0: all of the Chibs was
2: here boxes.
0: Just for who continues, characters designed for us to immediately dislike, i.e. Big Bad is bad because they are
1: the Big Bad. Characters designed for exposition because God knows we all love an info dump. To be fair, it felt quite natural in this episode. Uh Characters designed for exposition,
2: you say, just for who? Mm -hmm. Excellent observation. Next up, a side character
1: who is queer, or at least queer-coded.
0: Something about Sheffield or Yorkshire.
1: And more subtle characterisation of our TARDIS team slash gang slash fam.
0: Just for
2: who continues, I think, for me, the characterisation was the highlight of this episode. They all have their own reasons for travelling with the Doctor, whether that be dealing with grief, wanting more from life than working in a warehouse, or slowly but surely realising you're a sephic for the Doctor. Don't worry,
0: yes, me too. <laughs> Best bit, playing Stormzy to lure and trap spiders into a panic room. I don't know why, but this just felt very Doctor Who to me.
1: And the worst bit, the trumpification of Jack Robinson. We get it, Chibs. He's the bad guy.
0: And with
2: that said, Just For Who
0: gives this a 3.8 out of 5. Ooh. Oh, wow! Wow. Huge heart, but fully justified. Well done, just for who.
2: Mm. And he still reigns supreme, for now. Who's next? Why, next up, it's Maxwell Rainer. Hello, Maxwell
0: Rainer. Hey, Maxwell Rainer. <laughs> huh. Oh, that was good. That was nice. <laughs> Max starts with some stars. Hubeck One podcast release date, 1st of May 2022. Is that true? That probably is true. Yes, BBC Broadcasting Day, 28th of October 2018. Directed by Sally Abrahamian and written by Chris
1: Chibbers. After still not sleeping, the fam has arrived home, in quotes. Something I want to point out is a dramatic flair when the Doctor pulls out the Sonic... Is that really that necessary? One thing I didn't like was the reveal of multiple spiders in different locations. I would have liked to see all of them come from one spot, just multiplying. Skipping past the Mary Poppins bathtub, we end up with, Are you Ed Sheeran? Is he Ed Sheeran? Everybody talks about Ed Sheeran right about now, don't they? Also, the Doctor is constantly saying Yaz's mom, and then Yaz's mom correcting her, saying Nadja. Well done, Chris Chibnall. You wrote something decently funny for once.
2: (laughs) Yikes. That's what I meant to say when I said super funny earlier. Decently funny. That (laughs) Captures it. (laughs) And then finally, we got the shot Maxwell wanted. A whole bunch of spiders chasing Graham and Ryan down the hallway. Welcome to Will They Die? This episode? No, try again later. Nadja asks if Yaz and the Doctor are seeing each other. Is this a hint at Yaz's sexuality? Or just some chaos shit shoved into the script last minute? (laughs) I mean, we've seen the long run storylines before with The Crack and The Timeless Child.
0: UGH! Again, the flair of the Sonic. Seriously? Tanya Fear as Dr. Jade McIntyre was one of the best casting choices for this oh, episode. She this gives me Osgood vibes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Ryan and Graham running from a giant spider, kind of okay, but still not dead. Also getting flashbacks to a giant wasp and kill the moon's bacteria (gasps) spider dudes. Oh, yeah, that's true. Giant
2: wasp, unicorn in the wasp.
0: (laughs) Rave music was a bop. Or grime. I give this episode a 3.3 out of 5 Zygon or human Osgoods that get constantly killed, says Maxwell Rayner. Thank you very much, Maxwell Rayner.
1: Excellent review, Maxwell. There's more
2: Maxwell Rayner content online.
0: If you want to follow Max, where do you need to go? You need to go at The True Misty. Yes, do exactly that. The True Misty. Thank you very much, Max. Who's last? Last, but by no
2: means not huge. It's <laughs> Michael
1: Ridgeway. Rich.
0: Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. (laughs) Hi, Michael.
1: (laughs) Michael starts with a list of likes. First up, there's some scary shit happening right here. Under the bed, on the ceiling, that bathtub scene. It's the freakiest who since Blink. Kudos for that. And the effects are incredible. I had to watch this second time around with the lights on. Oh, cool. Oh,
2: wow. Michael's second like is nice pathos with Graham and Ghost Grace, and a feel good punch the air finale. Rocky style. <laughs>
0: Michael also provides a list of... DISLIKES What? (laughs) First... dislike. The Doctor has completely lost perspective on so many levels. How is locking an army of hungry spiders in a room a dignified, humane, and natural death? It's as ridiculous as, say, mm, claiming that deporting asylum seekers to Rwanda is a compassionate, ethical, and legally sound policy. Yeah, fair point. Yes, well, spiders are cannibals. What do you think they are going to do, Doctor? Keel over peacefully, soil and green style? How is suffocating a better death than a bullet? These spiders don't even know what a bullet is. I'd rather take a bullet than have to munch my way out of a room full of my own relatives.
1: Yeah, fair fair point. I think most of us would, actually. Um, And Michael's second and last dislike. What's this? Oh, they're just confused nonsense. They're cocooning and eating people, Doctor. When you read stories about dogs that kill toddlers, normal people don't empathise with the dog and mourn it. What's wrong with you? Get a grip, Doctor. This is what happens when you don't have the brigadier around he would have broken out the napalm.
0: Chop <laughs> <laughs> with the eight legs, two rounds rapid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Michael summarizes Naf and flawed in many, many ways. But the horror, the horror...
0: And Michael gives this a rating of <gasps> oh my goodness, Michael, three point nine out of five. Perhaps uh, over generous, yeah, per- perhaps. <laughs> but I am in a buoyant mood. But why? I <laughs> I did just see a trailer with the return of Ace, and surely you know who isn't far behind. <gasps> I do know who. <gasps> <laughs> very much michael
1: excellent rating michael fantastic
0: people who are not michael can they follow michael online somewhere
2: they can they can get a gobful of michael on twitter at bird. underscore movie underscore Calib. no underscore
0: <laughs> michael so big
2: spider planet sized
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that concludes the listener mini section of this podcast episode thank you everyone who sent something in absolutely fabulous stuff holy smokes I love it we've got a really decent range there very very good this is not the end of Doctor Who though thank goodness there's plenty more coming up next up we I suspect are going to be jumping into bonus who territory with what Drew the
2: fifth Doctor retrospective.
0: Yikes, caramba. That's true, yeah. Twixt the Fifth and Sixth Doctor, we are gonna do some reminiscing. After which, we're jumping into Classic Who with the first of the Sixth Doctor serials in what, Marie?
1: The Twin Dilemma. After which, we are back in New Who!
0: Holy moly, what follows this one up? Well, it's the Tsuranga conundrum, if that's how you pronounce it. And at some point, we'll do uh, we'll tackle some Audio Who as well. Drew? Yes,
2: we'll be tackling The Gathering correct a movie. finishing off that trilogy
0: yeah in the meantime podcast lands holy smokeries and cheesecakes you can say hi to us online Marie are you available uh, in the sphere somewhere
1: why yes you can catch me on the instagram at how and jelly wow those <laughs> are three of
0: my favourite things <laughs> <laughs> what about you Drew I am at Drew Backwen on the tweety box hmm that rhymes with something I really like <laughs> <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs>
2: And you are also at something that rhymes with "I really like." That's right. That doesn't make. That's not a for all you fans (laughs) of
0: honking. I was
2: thinking (laughs) bonking, but sure, of course.
0: People who are not me, high-five me online. I will high-five you right back at Ponkin, P-O-N-K-N. Peeps, it's been lovely chatting into your earballs this evening, and peeps that I'm staring at across the ether, it's been lovely chatting with you tonight.
2: Oh, he means us. Feelings mutual, dude.
0: <laughs> Until the next time, please, everyone, rock on. Be right next into each other and cha-chao. Bye bye. Cheers. The.
2: Catch your earballs in our next Who Review or bonus episode. Until then, Chao Chao. Who
0: back when Swam Swam
1: Swam? One one <laughs>